is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there, we give them away, so do enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about tonight, uh, st- including something I, I mentioned last night we didn't get to, so I'll try to get to it as soon as possible this uh, this show. Uh, and that is some very interesting audio from a checkpoint down on the su- near the southern border. We've talked about these checkpoints in the past. We're going to take you to one of them here in a few moments. But first, uh, we go to the phone calls. This is the show about your calls. We go to the amp line to talk to Brian in Colorado. Brian, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, everybody. I know that uh, uh, yesterday was all about Ron Paul. We were all kind of uh, concerned about that, and, and so am I. Uh, I want to start off something on a little uh, more positive note today. Okay, sure. Uh, I have this um, this uh, device. It's called an air laser. Mm-hmm. Now I know uh, Mark uh, Mark enjoys a cigar occasionally. I do love lasers too. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I, a friend of mine lives in a condominium, and this place is I don't know thirty or forty years old, and he's been there for ten years. And now somebody started complaining about somebody next door smoking, smoking, you know, cigarettes probably. And now the condo wants to, you know, make a rule that will ban smoking in the building, you know, because they're all attached to each other. Right. Now, now I'm thinking, I, I'm sorry, you know, when you bought the place, you, you signed an agreement, and that wasn't on the agreement. Now they want to put this, you know, after the fact. Well, isn't that part of the agreement in condo associations that they can change the rules with a you know majority vote or whatever the whatever their little um, sit, c- control situation is there? Well, that's what they're saying, and so you know I just hope that two uh, two wolves and a sheep don't get an elevator together in that condo. Yeah, because mm. they could just change the rules. So anyway, I, I have you know cigars are pretty pungent. You know, I mean they're more pungent than cigarettes. Although I'd much rather be in a room full of cigar smokers than a room full of cigarette smokers. Indeed, but that's just you know my opinion. Um, but they are pretty pungent, and, you know, and they, they get around, and they get in your in your carpet and your drapes and everything else. Well, um, eh, I used to have to you know smoke out on the porch, you know, so it didn't get in all the drapes and everything. Mm-hmm. But one day, uh, Heidi was looking at my wife was looking at uh, Craigslist, and she found this thing that was made for a uh, a, 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 a greenhouse, and this thing uh, puts ozone in the air in order to, you know, make the tomatoes more fresh. And this guy said, oh, yeah, man, these tomatoes just are, are monsters with hmm. this ozone. And so she bought the thing for 50 bucks. It's called an air laser. Hmm. Oh, and what it does, it puts ozone in the air. Ozone, I guess, is O3, right. three uh, oxygen as opposed to two, which is regular oxygen. It's like, isn't that the stuff you smell just after a rain or just before a rain, something like that? No, that's my understanding is what's down there. But uh, yeah, lightning, is ozone and lightning are somehow connected. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, lightning does it, or uh, if you stick your head in a... In an uh, electric dryer, <laughs> preferably not while it's you know. Yeah, I anyway. haven't done that too often, but okay. Yeah, yeah. well, you, you'll, you'll recognize the smell. Yeah, it's the smell you get after a lightning storm. Okay. Uh, I just sit this thing next to the couch, and I smoke right there in the couch with the carpet and the drapes and the TV on. This thing is just whirring away in the background, mm-hmm. and I, I let it go all night. And in the morning, you can't tell there was a smoker anywhere near the place. Wow. Now, the uh, we were just talking. It's funny too, because Mark and I were just talking about uh, going to one of these industry conventions in Washington D.C., where I, I'm pretty sure every hotel is uh, non-smoking by uh, law. And uh, he was very upset about that idea. So maybe you need to get one of these things. Bring it with you, Mark. What, what is the laser aspect of this? I mean, is it, oh, what, no, what's getting shot? 
There's no laser. There's no. It's just a name. So it's an air. It's an ozone producing box. It's an ozone generator. It's about uh, two and a half, maybe three feet long. It's got. You look in it, and it's just a little hole in the end. You look in it. There's this this blue light. It, it's basically a fluorescent light that, that generates ozone. And, and you can. It's the same exact thing that you get uh, if you have a spa. You can you can get this ozonator that that will make it so that you don't have to use as much uh, uh, chlorine. Hmm. And, and the ozonator kills the bacteria. So were you bringing uh, this up as a suggestion for smokers that would like to conceal their activities? or? Yes, you could do that. I, I'm not sure you could take it on an airplane. <laughs> right. But not, not conceal it, but just, you know, I, frankly, uh, in the morning, I, I, I don't like smelling cigars all over the place. You know, at night I do, you know, and I got a bottle of scotch, you know, and, and uh, there, there's some friends, and it's, a, it's an evening thing to do. But right. in the morning when I got to work, I don't want to smell that Right, stuff. same here. I, I, I'm absolutely, I, I agree completely. I've always smoked outside. Now that I live in New Hampshire, I can't really do that, so I smoke in the basement. Mm. But when I go down to the basement, other times to get something, you know, um, we, I pack things down there. When I go down and get something, I, I give a little sniff sometimes, and I can smell that sort of stale cigar smell, and it's just not nice. Um, my wife won't let me – complains to no end about uh, the smell of uh, cigars when she has to, say, be in a hotel room with me or something like that, which I just recently dealt with. So uh, that does sound good. Now, what's it called again? Well, this particular thing is an air laser. I'll, I'll go on the – once I get home, I'm in Tulsa again, being very careful. Uh, when, once I get home, I'll, I'll, I'll take a look at it, and I'll post the manufacturer's information for anybody who, uh, who's, who cares about that. Cool. What else was but, on your mind tonight? But, but Anything? It's, just an, it's an amazing thing. Well, uh, yeah, just one more thing. Uh, last night, uh, for the first time, I got up on the, uh, what is it, cam.freetalklive.com. Oh, uh, yeah. So that was your first and time in the, uh, the, the AMP-only chat? First time in the chat, yeah. I, I'd, I'd watch the cam a little bit, but, you know, it's not very interesting. No, it's not. It's <laughs> just cam. us talking but, to microphones. I don't know why the, someone wants to watch that. But the chat is really cool. And and uh, and you can you know uh, commune with the other people. You know, I was a little depressed here this weekend, or you know, after I came back from the Liberty Forum. You know, all these uh, great people that I met and saw again, and and uh, was hanging with, and all of a sudden I come back, I'm all by myself again, and you know, how do I commune with these people? Yeah. And a lot of them are right there on the AMP chat room, and it's really cool. That's true. You know, what I was saying, I was saying to you, Mark, last night that uh, the quality of the chat. Now that it's restricted to amplifiers only, has increased dramatically. There was a long, it was a long time ago that it, I think it was actually yeah back in our local days, back when Free Talk Live was only on one radio station in Sarasota, Florida. We had an official chat room on our website, and uh, it just got to the point where the chatters were fighting with each other. Now, that, that was that was a very early syndicated days too. Was it? Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, yeah, it was a long time ago, and uh, the chatters were sort of, uh, you know, getting into tissies, and there was drama, and uh, you know, they wanted it moderated, and they wanted more controls in there, and I just, I, I just decided this is it. I've had it. I'm, I'm tired of dealing with this, and so I, I shut down the chat room and basically said, look, if you guys want to interact with each other, you can start your own chat uh, on your own as a listener chat thing, or and they you did can, that sort of, or you can go to the BBS. Yeah, the listener chats out there. You can find the details for that on the BBS. But, but this new amp only. Chat room is uh, I I find it I think it's great I think the uh, the participants there uh, seem to be getting along just fine there are a lot of very funny and amusing things that are posted there and uh, it's one of the nicer perks I think about the uh, the app program right now yeah I mean the the, the app program tends to attract the uh, the most intelligent the brightest and good looking people <laughs> <laughs> well I I have to say I learn a lot from our listeners <laughs> it and and. You you may say it with your tongue in your cheek that they're uh, smart, smart listeners, but, you know, they are. They are. Very good, Brian. Glad you enjoyed it, and uh, thanks for the call tonight, dude. 
800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. So, uh, I said I had some interesting audio, and I think we should probably get to that right quick here. It's from CheckpointUSA.org. Now, as you might recall, in fact, uh, it's the blog from Checkpoint USA. So it's CheckpointUSA.org slash blog. Uh, the gentleman here, his name's Terry, and actually he's going to be one of our newer amplifiers, as a matter of fact, so he's also a, a listener to the show, lives down in the uh, the southern portion of the United States, and I guess he he commutes around the border area. Now, remember, we've talked about this in the past, and for those of you that are new to the program and you don't live either close to the northern or southern borders, you may not even know this is going on. And you need to know, because it's pretty scary. The Border Patrol, they don't just have border checkpoints. There aren't just the, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the guards and the, uh, the, the, toll, the toll houses or whatever you want to call them, the little guard houses that they have and the, uh, the things that raise and lower. That's all down there on the border. That's true. But then when you go up, oh, what is it, within 100 miles, I think? Within 100 miles north of the southern border and with 100 miles south of the northern border, there's a chance that you might just encounter a citizenship checkpoint where you will be asked what your citizenship is by some border patrol guards who, in this case, have apparently decided to stop wearing identification. They used to wear ID. Now you don't even know who they are. We'll get to the rest of this story and the very interesting audio on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so enjoy those on us, including the wiki, with over 1,500 pages created by listeners just like you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive. WIKI.freetalklive.com. Sound money's under attack. The Liberty Dollar offices were raided by the FBI and Secret Service on November 14th. On all of its precious metals, computers, and records were seized. Your help is urgently needed. Go to LibertyDollar.org and sign up for their updates and register for the lawsuit. Don't let the government steal your money and destroy the Liberty Dollar. Go to LibertyDollar.org. All right. Uh, callers holding. I, 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 this is so important, this audio. I want to get to it, and we'll take your calls uh, as soon as we're done analyzing this because it's really critical. Uh, they have started setting up these checkpoints your loving federal government has started setting up these citizenship checkpoints inside the United States. Within 100 miles from the north and southern border, northern and southern borders, they have, some of them are permanent installations, you know, multi-million dollar facilities. Some of them are roving checkpoints where they'll set it up for, you know, several days at a time. And they'll, uh, they'll ask everyone who passes through there to tell them what country they were born in. Right. Now, this makes a certain amount of sense. Uh, we've, uh, you know, we've, we've saddled, legally or illegally, the federal government with uh, deciding uh, who you know, is a citizen who's allowed to be here, who's allowed to enter the country, that kind of thing. And, um, you know, it's a natural outcropping of that, uh, you know, that us giving that administrative duty to the federal government is that they should check all the citizens to make sure that they're citizens, you know, all the people to make sure they're citizens. So why wouldn't they set these things up? A lot of people would say, well, oh, 
This is a that's a fine idea. I hate the Mexicans. Let's get rid of them. Or you know, I don't like illegals. I don't want illegals illegally in the country. We should check this. And I'm willing yeah. to give up a little bit of my time, yeah. whether it's you know maybe it's 20 seconds as you go through. Yeah. But it could be a 15 minute wait. You well, never they know. Wait, they could waylay you over and then search your car. Who knows what this you know could possibly lead to? And of course they're looking for people behaving suspiciously and all that. They're looking for an excuse to harass you. And you know this would be okay, Mark, if you were living in oh I don't know Berlin. Yeah, well, uh, Berlin tw- 20 years ago. Right, right. Uh, it's not okay in a supposedly free country. It's not okay in a country where you're supposed to have the right to privacy, uh, where unreasonable search and seizure is not acceptable. But now all of those rules have been thrown away, and this is the very beginning of the police state that we've been talking about. This is the very beginning of the very intrusive police state where the government deems it okay to demand that you show papers wherever you are, whether you're driving, whether you're walking, whatever you're doing, you'll have to show papers, that if you're running a business, you'll have to prove that all your workers are legal, you'll have to jump through extra hoops. This is just the tip of the iceberg, and uh, most people in America don't even know this is going on. Uh, this again from CheckpointUSA.org slash blog. I'm going to share with you Terry's uh, words here. He says, I was stopped at the checkpoint while traveling back to Tucson late in the afternoon. I videotaped the encounter, and he posted it on his website. So you can see the actual video as well. I've uh, clipped out some of the um, important audio moments. I saw it, and I, I thought that it was uh, great. Uh, yes, it's great how he handles this woman. We'll get to that here. He says, uh, so others can experience a suspicionless federal, suspicionless federal checkpoint for themselves. It should be noted that we, uh, we have played another one of his videos. This is his second video. The first one's also very good. Uh, he says, those who live far from the border should note that internal suspicionless checkpoints are quickly becoming the norm, while our fundamental right to travel, unmolested, absent, reasonable suspicion of wrongdoing is being routinely trampled on. Keep in mind, this checkpoint did not take place on the border. It took place over 40 miles north of the border along a regularly traveled state highway that never intersects the border at any point. Hmm. After being stopped by a Border Patrol agent who wasn't actually patrolling the border... The agent refused to identify herself or her badge number, while at the same time demanding to know my citizenship. Unlike local or state police, who have never given me a hard time about identifying themselves, just about every federal agent who's ever approached me in the field has refused to do so. At the last federal checkpoint I stopped at along this route, I had to read their name tags to find out who they were. This time around, the agents weren't even wearing name tags. They weren't wearing name tags. Nope. That's, isn't that a little strange? Yes. I mean, when do they when do they start wearing the helmets and visors so that we can't see their fa- you know we can't identify them at all? They're secret police. To put it another way, Homeland Security agents are increasingly acting like secret police by hiding their identities from the very public they allegedly serve and protect. This attitude's also pervasive when requesting documentation from the Department of Homeland Security. The department routinely redacts the names of its agents, making it difficult to find out who they are, let alone hold them accountable for their actions. It's also extremely difficult to get any documentation out of the department in the first place. We already know that police are very difficult to hold accountable, even if you know who they are. Right. Because they protect one another. It's the system. That's how it works. They're immune from prosecution in almost every case. Well, that's now sovereign can... immunity and their little um, system of protecting right. each Right. So they already have that in place. They're almost completely untouchable. Now you don't even know who you're dealing with. You know, it's like the comic books with the uh, dysutopia futures where you see the... Uh, the Dystopia. The... Is, oh, I thought it was okay. Anyway, um, where they where they just show the police with the visors on, and you you just can't see them. They're faceless drones. Right. 
It's also extremely it's difficult. It's kind of interesting uh, yeah, the, when you think about the stormtroopers from the Empire, how they uh, bred them, uh, you know, made them to not really question orders or anything like that. They just bred accepted, from birth to be soldiers, right? Yeah, they just yeah. accepted that whatever the Empire did was correct and right. Well, that's what kids today are doing because uh, these, the girl in this video was very young. You could tell she was in her very early 20s, if that. And uh, so they're taking kids right out of the government school system where they've been, in, they've been indoctrinated to believe that government is right. And uh, they're giving them government jobs. And, of course, they're going to have that mentality. Right. And you, you generally when, um, are going to believe that the person that's paying you is right anyway in a lot of um, case, uh, cases, uh, especially compared to the person that's in front of you that isn't paying you. It's also extremely difficult, says Terry, to get any documentation out of the department in the first place. DHS routinely violates the Freedom of Information Act, and the current waiting period for those few who receive response replies or responsive replies is several years long. When I asked the stopping agent whether or not... You probably have to check on it a couple of times. Not only do you have to go through the trouble of writing writing them a letter, but you have to follow up, follow up, follow up. When I asked the stopping agent whether or not I was being detained, she indicated I wasn't. When I requested to leave, however, she told me I couldn't until I answered her questions. God, quite a contradiction. Legally, the agent can only hold an individual for a very limited amount of time, absent reasonable suspicion. Her citizenship demands are nothing more than an attempt to create reasonable suspicion out of thin air based upon an individual's response, along with their general appearance, mannerism, skin color, and other arbitrary profiling indicators used to build cases against individuals for further detention and investigation. Make no mistake, these federal suspicionless checkpoints are nothing more than dragnet fishing uh, expeditions designed to intimidate and harass the traveling public. They represent a fundamental violation of our right to be free from unreasonable search and seizure and shouldn't be suffered by a free people. Now, the interesting point about this, as you'll hear in a few moments, is that they're just putting up the illusion that you have to participate. And we'll explore that idea. He says, unfortunately, the Supreme Court created a Fourth Amendment loophole for immigration checkpoints over 40 years ago. The court case is now used as a blanket excuse, United States versus Martinez Fuerte, uh, for all manner of homeland security abuse and is helping to usher in the burgeoning American police state. As my interaction with a federal agent continued, she eventually requested, and you'll hear that it's the words that are very, very important that they use. Yeah, listen listen to the way she phrases these things. Um, You know, I don't know why they do it this way. Maybe they're trying to be polite, but maybe, maybe it's something darker. If they they wanted to to give an order, they would give an order, but they aren't, and there's a reason for that. Uh, Anyway, we'll continue with this story here. The audio coming up in moments. It's very instructional. We're going to play it back for you and uh, and really point out some important points about this that would pass pass most other people by. Uh, This is Free Talk Live. You take control. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-259. 9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so enjoy those on us, including the archive. So if you've missed a moment of the show, just grab them up for free. Online, front page of the website, an entire year for free, in fact, at freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that uh, 
Rather, Sickles employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. Sickles CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. That's 1-800-544-6359 for Sickles CAI. You know, Mark, when I play back uh, episodes of Free Talk Live for myself uh, to listen to, Sometimes I'm looking for, I'm constantly looking for verbal crutches of mine. Things like, uh, um, like, yeah, I say, like that. you know too much. Right, you know's a bad one for a lot of people, including yeah. me. I, I'm guilty of you know. Uh, but I'm actually being told here in the uh, the chat room that apparently I say something, what do I say? Uh, something, that sort of thing. I, apparently I say that sort of thing too much. So if you catch me saying that sort of thing. I'll poke you with a fork. Yeah, do that please. All right, 800-259-9231. So we're talking about roadblocks, checkpoints, if you will. Checkpoints that you will only find at this point, though I expect you'll see them soon in the breadbasket and all throughout uh, throughout America. But right now, you'll only find them around the border or within about 50 to 100 miles of the northern or southern borders of America. So if you don't live in those areas, you don't travel those areas, you don't even know this is happening unless you happen to be listening to this show or a very, very few others that might possibly cover this. Uh, this story is from CheckpointUSA.org, from the blog there. Uh, the audio here we're going to share with you in a moment is very, very instructional. It'll give you a real experience as to what it's like being pulled over at one of these checkpoints. They are pulling every single vehicle over and asking the, the occupants what their citizenship is. Now, note I say asking. The way they phrase things makes it sound like it's not necessarily asking. The authoritative demeanor, in many ways, in which case it, uh, in which the, uh, the question is delivered, makes people believe they have to answer it. The fact is, they don't. And we've played one of this gentleman's videos uh, before. We played some of the audio before, and it was uh, several months ago, and he's been through, this, uh, through the same checkpoint in the same general area again, and once again recorded these bureaucrats. This time around, they weren't wearing name tags. Last time they were, and they refused to identify themselves as well. But listen to how he handles this woman. He uses the same exact technique as he did before. And it's basically when the bureaucrat throws a question at him, he bats it right back, with one or two questions. He, they keep asking him questions, and he just keeps asking them questions in return. Let me go ahead and get to the audio so we have some idea what I'm talking about. Here we go. You are being recorded right now. What's your name? I can hear you fine. Get the window up. Right, it's Last windows name? up. He's rolling it down now. It's what now? What's the purpose of the stop? Immigration checkpoint. Okay, what's the scope of the stop? Immigration Who do you work for? U.S. Border Patrol. Am I being detained? No, I'm asking you a simple question. Am I free to go? I'm asking you a question. I'm not being detained, but I'm not free to go. Well, she never said he wasn't free to go. She's saying, I'm asking you a question. I need you to answer it. Here's where she says, I need you to. Answer my question. Am I being detained? You need to answer my question, sir. Am I being detained? She won't answer his question. But he needs to answer hers. Right. Being detained. I would like to go on my way if I'm not being detained. Am I being detained? I'm asking you if I'm being detained. I'm just asking you for the purposes of immigration. I need to ask you what country you're citizen. Am I being detained? I'm asking you, are you being <laughs> he flusters her at least twice during this. She she just sort of flubs her words because she doesn't know what to do about this. 
She's used to everybody coming. Th- she's used to car after car coming through, asking the same question and getting the same response. And she, ne- you can better believe she's never encountered anyone like this. No, I imagine she hasn't. Am I free to go? You need to answer my question. Are you refusing to allow me to go on my way? You know what? You need to answer my question. Are you refusing to allow me to go on my way? Okay, that's where she tries to uh, step it up, right? right? She's been saying that she's never answered his question really directly about As to whether, whether or not, not he is allowed to leave. Now, she said he's not being detained. She did say that once, right. But she didn't say that he was allowed to leave. He asked, that's am correct. I free to go? And she, she would say, you need to answer my question. Well, then I must be being detained because you're holding me here to question me. Right. But she doesn't, you know, uh, she's not going that far. Now she's saying that he needs to. He, he Can should, you? Could you please pull over? Yeah, can you pull over to secondary is what she asks, and then she'll ask it several more times here in a moment, because he won't. Uh, and, and it's because she's not giving an order. Remember, listen very carefully to what their words are. If she was giving an order, she'd give him an order, and she'd make it it'd be very, very clear. But most people, most people feel like it's in order. Most people, when a cop says, can you do this? In the case, remember the, uh, the guy that was... Um, the uh, the news media man that was ordered to go across the street. Can you go across the street? Or I mean, they arrested him anyway. But mm-hmm. but in this case, she she won't because she's got nothing to stand on. There's there's no reasonable suspicion here. There's no probable cause. They're just trying to. They're on this fishing expedition, and uh, and he's refusing her suggestions. That's all she's doing. She's making suggestions to him. She's right. making requests. Tax funded. Uh, you know, taxpayer-funded fishing expedition. Right. So what she wants to do is, he's holding up the line of traffic, and she'll sort of mention the traffic here in a moment. He's holding up the line of... Well, she's holding it up because she wants to harass him. But uh, the the traffic is backing up, so she wants to bring him over into the secondary search area where they can further harass him and get into this even more. But he won't let it happen. Are you refusing to allow me to go on my way? Am I being detained? I'm asking you to pull over to secondary. Am I being detained? I'm asking you. She's even very clear about it in this case. I'm asking you to pull over to secondary. No, that's okay. Can you pull over to secondary, please? Am I being detained? I'm asking for the purposes of immigration. You need to pull over to... Am I being detained? Can you pull over to immig- the secondary? It sounds to me like she's asking for the purposes of harassment. Continue. Ooh, darn it. Am I being detained? Can you pull over to secondary, please? Am I being detained? I'm asking for the purposes of immigration. You need to pull over to... Am I being detained? Can you pull over to immig- the secondary? You've told me she now. got flubbed up again there. That I'm not being detained. Am I free to go? Sir, can you answer my question? Am I being detained? Now, what's that clicking noise? It's, it's one of those features that uh, video cameras have where you can, you can take a picture take and pictures. Yeah. The purposes of immigration. I need to ask you of what country you're a citizen. You can ask me whatever you want. Am I being detained? <laughs> you are not being detained, sir. Am I free to go? Okay, she's now. You know Looking around my vehicle, I'm free to go. Have a good day. What's your badge number? You're free to go. What's that, your badge number? She's telling him to leave, and he won't. Right, <laughs> right. Well, he wants her badge number, and she won't give it up. And who's your supervisor? Who's your supervisor? Miss Howe. Miss Howe. Is she a border patrol agent? Yes. Okay, thank you. You have a great day. You too. Uh huh. Yeah, my day just got a whole lot better. This guy is awesome. 
Terry from Checkpoint USA. Go to CheckpointUSA.org slash blog. You can see this video in its entirety. It's only about three minutes long, so I cut out some of it, you know, where he's driving up to the checkpoint and that sort of thing. Uh, you can also see his older video where he uses the same exact techniques, and it works. Never once in either of his two encounters with these Border Patrol people that he recorded, never once does he answer their question. Now, this probably would upset somebody who's very, very concerned about immigration and and people coming in here. And we don't know. I I don't know what Terry looks like. I get the feeling he's a white guy, but I don't know. Uh, Certainly sounds like it. I don't know how these Border Patrol agents would would act if it were a Hispanic guy that was taking this tact with them. Asking, you know, batting the questions It probably wouldn't go as well. But nonetheless, I'd certainly be interested to see what would happen, uh, because it's clear, it's clear that this is just harassment. They're just putting up cones in the middle of the road, stopping people, and making them think they have to answer these questions. Very, very sneaky on their part. And it's the first step towards this police state that we're talking about. And just wait. These are going to expand out. They're not just going to be near the border anymore. And these aren't even that near. These are. This one was 40 miles north of the southern border on a road that doesn't even intersect with the border. More on the way. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away. Uh, So, again, do enjoy those on us. That's freetalklive.com. And if you want to help support the show, then you can go shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. 41 categories to shop from, new or used items. Head on over to amazon.freetalklive.com. All right, let's go right into your phone calls and talk to Michael in Utah, listening on some radio station that I didn't know we had. Michael, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, hello. How are you guys doing? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, not much. First, I wanted to actually thank you guys because uh, you provide, in my opinion, a wonderful service. And uh, I've just had a wonderful time learning from you guys, listening to you in the past little while. How long uh, have you been listening, if I might ask? I've been listening for about a month, actually, since I, um, after a little bit after I started the uh, uh, going to my Ron Paul meetup groups in my area. And you're, you're in, in the Logan, Utah area, is that right? Yep, yeah, pretty far north, uh, Utah. Okay. I'm just trying to figure out what radio station you've been listening to. If we've been on for an entire month, it's uh, it's apparently a mystery station, and I... I Actually, uh, I come to find out that uh, I said when I called in it was on a radio station, but I come to find out that the guy here at work is actually just pumping it from his computer through the radio. Oh, back. that ah, explains Now we understand. Oh, All right. That'll yeah. save me a lot of time tomorrow. Thank you, sir. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, no. so, so what was on your uh, mind tonight? Uh, I actually was calling because uh, yesterday, guys, yesterday you guys had a lot of callers talking about uh, what to go, you know, where to go next with the uh, Ron Paul supporters and the meetup groups, uh, whether Ron Paul wins or not, what the next step is. Yeah. And uh, there was a lady that had mentioned uh, running for local office, and I wholeheartedly support that idea. There's actually in my meetup group here in Logan, um, several of, several of us have been talking about running for office uh, in upcoming elections. I think it's still uh, a year or so away. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're setting up our campaigns and things already and talking about you know, how we're going to support one another because uh, we actually kind of all collectively come to Logan, meet up from different cities around. Right. And uh, it's a growing number of people still uh, at this stage. Every time we have a meetup group, there's you know, several more people there, and it's every week. And uh, I think that we're building a pretty strong uh, network of support for libertarian-minded people 
Very and cool. So it seems to be a very viable option. If uh, other meetup groups are anything like ours, then uh, I think people stand a fair chance of, uh, you know, starting to take some kind of local office. And if you start at the ground like that and work your way up, uh, there's no telling where we could be in a very short period of time. So are you planning on uh, running in 2008 that soon or down the line more? It's going to be down the line more, especially for me. Um, I'm in northern Utah. Everybody around here is uh, LDS. They're Mormon, uh-huh. uh, myself included. So for me to run for office, I'm going to have to have a few more kids first, I think. But uh, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's it's a very viable option for some of the people in the meetup group, and uh, it's, it's something that we're definitely looking forward to continuing this process. I'd like to make my uh, same recommendation I've made before. And brief, I'll just make it brief. Uh, go to centerforsmallgovernment.com and uh, print out a copy of the uh, Small Government Pledge. And anybody that's running for office that wants to claim to be a Ron Paul Republican, because they don't have the track record Ron Paul has, make sure right. they sign that pledge so you know that they're serious about, about small government. That's my recommendation. Right. That's good, too, because, uh, yeah, you never know where people are going to come from as far as saying that they're attached to the campaign in any way or that they supported the campaign and then run for some kind of office, whether they're going to support that or not. Exactly. Now, uh, Michael, pardon me while I make a, uh, you know, a, a blanket uh, generalization about uh, people's religious beliefs. It seems like um, Mormons, I, I've noticed more and more of them getting into the libertarian movement, just from my personal standpoint. And I think that uh, uh, Mormonism, it seems to me, is, is probably... Uh, among the religions out there, most uh, in line with libertarian ideals. I mean, they know what it's like to be persecuted by the government, or at least, you know, their ancestors do. <laughs> I think that they're doing oh, just yeah. fine out there in Salt Lake right now. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, we'll exclude Mitt Romney from this this group, but uh, largely, it seems like Mormons are, are for small government. Yeah, I think that's definitely true, and I see a lot of it in the area where I live, uh, mostly because I think uh, it's always been... Uh, you know, a long-standing tradition in our religion that uh, you support the idea that the Constitution stands for. And, of course, you know, I think a lot of the persecution had to do with that, but also just because uh, the Constitution is based on the idea that we all can take care of ourselves and that that's what the best option is. Um, and uh, the, the, the doctrine of the Church is very much uh, engrossed in, the, in that same idea, that same concept, that you can take care of yourself and indeed you're supposed to. It's a mandate that, uh, you know, you're supposed to be able to live, uh, you know, should the second coming uh, happen any day now, you're supposed to be able to be completely uh, self-sustaining. And, uh, you know, that's, again, completely gross in our doctrine. And so I can't imagine that the people that really understand the doctrine and live it uh, are too far away from libertarian ideas, whether they know they are or not. I have to say, I'm, I'm glad that you guys are talking about this, because now is the time to put these discussions out and to start, you know, uh, preparing people for the future of this activism, uh, the, the future of this movement. So I think it's great. Uh, just a quick Mormon question, if I might. I was watching uh, some videos from Penn Jillette, who I'm, I must say I'm close, finally, as close as I've ever been to getting him on the show. I don't want to go any further than that, because I might jinx it. But uh, but he mentioned something about magic underwear. Is it true that Mormons have to wear special kind of underwear? Um, no, it's not a have to thing. It's more of a uh, it's more of an affirmation of your beliefs kind of thing. Um, it's uh, it's basically an embodiment of a faith, so that uh, the faith that you do have uh, has some kind of a physical uh, both reminder and uh, almost like protective quality. Uh, all the time. I have no and, idea uh, what Ian's talking about. Tell me about these un- underwear. <laughs> I don't it's know. just, it's just all it is is just uh, a simple, uh, a simple set of garments that you wear under your clothes, a place of underwear, um, oh. and it's, uh, it's kind of, uh, 
Uh, I, it's hard to describe without going into too much detail. Uh, he said you're not a real Mormon unless you uh, wear the magic underwear. Is that true or not true? Uh, it's it's not true. You can be a real Mormon and wear whatever you like. Uh, really? Just like any other religion, it's uh, it's understood, at least by the people that really understand the religion, the, the, the people further up in the church and things like that, that it's all on an individual basis. Your relationship with God, no matter what religion you are, is completely individual. But, of course, uh, you know, there are there is standard doctrine of the church, and there are things that uh, that people, uh, it, it's on a people level, on a person-to-person level, they're viewed as, this is what you do, and this is how you behave if you're LDS. But, of course, just like, you know, Catholicism or any other religion, uh, it's all on an individual basis. And have really you, what you have you, to do is between you and God. So. Have you ever worn the magic underwear, you personally? I wear them every day, yes. Okay, so you do, okay. Now, the, the Jews, um, I think it's the, the, the Hasidic Jews especially, but I don't know, you know like likely lots of different Jews, um, choose to wear, like, the scriptures bound to themselves, so they, they have clothing, I guess. and, and Clothing with the scriptures actually written on it? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's my understanding. Um, is it something like that? It's, it's not necessarily. It's more of just a reminder and sort of uh, a faith-based protectant. Okay. Let's say that if you could have a piece of body armor that, uh, that you said, uh, as long as you believe that God will protect you through this armor, uh, he will. That's basically what it is, kind of the same. same do you, buy, do you purchase it from the church, or can you just go any, get all, any old set of underwear from the clothing store and have it blessed or something? How does that work? Uh, it's not really having anything blessed. It's, it is a specific set of, uh, well, I mean, if there's several different types and things like that. But sure. there's just garments that you wear that you buy from uh, the church storehouse offices, or there's distribution hmm. centers that are basically just small stores that sell uh, church memorabilia, including the garments and books and videos and, uh, you know, education. But does it have to have, like, the Mormon seal of approval on it? Or is it... I mean, because you can't just buy any old underwear. Like, what I makes it... I suppose in principle you could make your own, but uh, but it's made by the church, as you know. The well, as you may not know, actually, not very many people know very much about the LDS Church. But right. They have several branches that are sort of private uh, business branches mm-hmm. that operate as private businesses that manufacture the you know they make the underwear and they make the uh, uh, they make the uh, books and they make videos and things like that. Also, that uh, you know, you yourself can go if you have questions about anything, or if you just want an education tool for your family or for yourself, or fascinating you know, just a book to to read in your spare time, anything like that. They have a lot of different things, and they also have uh, like a welfare type program for mm-hmm. uh, getting food, uh, for helping yourself out in times of need. They also have like a, a a very good charity arm. Um, I've donated for uh, the, the the monsoons that wiped out uh, Southeast Asia down there uh, someplace. I don't even know. I, I wanted yeah. to send some money, and I sent it to the LDS Church because they have the the largest percentage of that fund went to those people, rather than the Red yeah. Cross, where you know some smaller percentage went. Yeah, I don't really know much about the Mormons except. Well, the first question they always get is caffeine and multiple marriage partners. And so Correct. you asked him something new. Some of them are, right. Well, well, some of them are for the multiple marriage partners. Yeah, very few. Some of them aren't, right? Very few. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, there's a branch that's called the, uh, uh, well, I forget what they call Fundamentalist. it. Fundamentalist. Fundamentalist Church, yeah. And uh, I think that they are uh, from, and I'm, I'm a convert to the church myself, so I'm not as familiar with the history, and I probably could get into trouble for talking as much as I did about the garments. Well, what uh, about, um, is it, well, you reason- can't talk about it? No, you can talk about it. I was just joking. It's 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 just it's it's sort of artificially taboo. It's just the huh. kind of thing that everybody says, "Oh, they're crazy because they wear magic underwear," and so you just don't talk about it as much because uh, 
uh, it, it seems to take away. From oh, as far as I'm concerned, all religions are you know equally crazy, and it's, <laughs> nothing, it's not a personal <laughs> thing at all. So, magic underwear or not, I don't think that makes the difference. Thanks for the call, Thank dude. You. We appreciate hearing from you, and thanks for all the inside information to uh, to your religion. I find this stuff absolutely interesting. I didn't know it. It's uh, something I learned. More on the tonight. way. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching an hour number two of the program. Bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features there we give away. Once again, that is freetalklive.com. How would you like to lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet? Check out this amazing doctor-recommended product. Go to ftldiscount.com. You can read some real testimonials and find out how to order. ftldiscount.com. 1-800-259-9231. Going right back into your phone calls. And then on the way here, uh, got some interesting numbers in relation to the Ron Paul campaign. And per uh, a request... The open letter to the black community on behalf of Ron Paul by uh, FTL's very own Robert Wicks. Uh, we'll get to that because uh, somebody I mentioned it several days ago and we never got around to it. Uh, that, but your calls first. Let's talk to Joe in Georgia. Joe, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, Ian. Hey, Mark. Hey, Joe. What's on your mind? Oh, not too much, man. I don't believe in God, but give me some of the magic underwear. Those sound great. <laughs> <laughs> well, magic underwear is not exactly a fair thing. You know, it's it's a religious belief. Lots of religions no, wear lots I'm of weird clothes. Just calling it magic underwear. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to call and ask if you guys had seen that article that uh, there's actually an NPR thing on it um, today. The the guy who wrote it, I can't remember his name, Kirchin or something like that, wrote an article in the New Republic about Ron Paul and. I dug up a lot of the same old and new uh, old essays and newsletters from Ron Paul. That oh no, I didn't see the article, but I, I saw did. his appearance on Tucker, and that guy is a scumbag. He's, uh, He's a as, scumbag, right? As I understand it, uh, he is a Giuliani supporter who will do anything he can to slander Ron Paul, and he's just. He's trying to make it sound like Ron Paul's a racist because apparently at some point in the past, like 20 years ago or something, Ron Paul's newsletter had some racist quotations in it. And I guess the official official word from Ron Paul is that he had nothing to do with that, that apparently he wasn't actually editing his own newsletter at the time. And, you know, uh, it shows that he wasn't a, you know, he wasn't uh, paying enough attention to, uh, you know, some of the stuff that was going out with his name on it. And right. that's not yeah. great. Well, you know, even short of that, I mean... Which, which I wholeheartedly believe could could happen, especially when you're you know when you're a statesman and you work and there's a lot of people who assist you and everything. Beyond that, this guy posted links to these uh, articles and newsletters and stuff, and you know the snippets just being taken out of context as they were, they were sentences that you know had supporting points that led to this one statement that pulled out of context seems really awful to say. Sure. But you know I I mean. When you read it inside the context of the the essay or the article, it just seems like a harsh truth, not so much like a mean, hateful statement. It's just like, well, this is probably the truth of the matter. 
Well, no. I don't know. I, I mean, I certainly didn't take the time to read all that. I, I mean, I'll take your word for it, certainly. But nonetheless, this is what happens in politics. I mean, the, yeah. peop- the, uh, the people that are your opponents, they go digging, and they find the, uh, the dirtiest dirt they can possibly find, and they constantly take things out of context because they know most people aren't going to do the same amount of digging. They know most people aren't going to check their claims. And so the people that were sitting there watching the Tucker Show or you know NPR or whatever it is that, you know, whatever organization has been reporting on this, as I as I understand it, a number of them have now. Uh, the people that are just consuming the news, they're going to be shocked. They're going to be outraged. They're going to, and that's going to be it. They're never going to do any follow up, and they know it. Uh, so this was uh, this is not good news. When you raise like an, a ridiculous accusation or argument in court, the other side will object, but it's like even still, it's out there. You know, I mean, it doesn't yeah. matter. The damage is done. Yeah, well, the question is how much damage will be done by this. It's, there's no way uh, that I know of to, to calculate that. Uh, Ron Paul and, and his friends can get on the air and try to counteract of, as much of it as possible. And I think that anybody that's ever met Ron Paul or has seen him speak knows that this is he's just a nice old man. I don't see him being uh, that way at all. And, as, and again, as he said, he didn't write those things. Yeah, hey, uh, there was a, another thing. Like, way back when I was first getting into his campaign and stuff, I gone digging for a bunch of interviews and stuff that I could find, and there was one thing, it was on a, like a Christian radio network, and just to support further that he wasn't, you know, that he's not a racist or homophobic, this evangelical preacher guy was trying to relate to Ron Paul in a way, saying, you know, hey, you're a Baptist, you know what it's like to have, you know, these heathens, you know, and these uh, this homosexuals and stuff running around and, you know, abusing this country and, you know, t- bringing down the fabric of America and all that stuff. And Ron Paul, you could just tell, like, he was really trying to not, like, irk this guy who was nice enough to have him on the show by saying, hey, look, man, I don't care what most people do or what, you know, who they are. It doesn't right. matter to me. You could tell he wasn't trying to blatantly offend him, but he, he kind of said, you know, like, Oh, it's none of my business. I believe in liberty, so whatever yep. someone wants. To I do. love how Ron Paul handles this issue too, with the racism allegations, and that he comes out and he says, you know, racism is just collectivism. Yeah. Now, the idea that all these members that have the same sin, skin color or that are uh, w- women or men or whatever it is the group is that you're putting them into, or they all have some sort of similar traits beyond physical appearance. It's just nonsense, uh, and he points out that libertarians believe in the individual, that we don't believe in collectivism, that we judge people based on their actions and what they do and you know what their belief system is, not the right. color of their skin, not you know when they were born, not what their gender is, and all these other asinine uh, fa- uh, things that, that we put people into groups over, and, and I, I love how he responds to that. Yeah, like I, I know exactly what you're talking about, where he says, uh, basically, it's like, all the only place we get our rights from is, you know, being part of the gay community or the black community or whatever it is, the senior citizens. You know, that's not where your rights come from. They're the same constitutional rights that everyone gets, you know, despite Very good. sexuality. Joe, thanks for the call tonight, man. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Continuing with Rudiger in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Rudiger. Hi, you guys. How you doing? Hey, what's on your mind? Um, you know, I hate to beat a dead horse here, but I, I uh, have to bring up the Ron Paul and uh, you know, feeling down about that. And I know it's not over, but uh, you know, I, the thing is, is that I've worked for the Libertarian Party before, and I've had high hopes, and then had them slammed down before. Yeah. Um. So you know, I've been through all that, and I should have I should have seen it coming, oh, but yeah. I didn't. 
and I kind of I feel like I got sucked into it all because mm, you got caught and, and up in yes, it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I know yesterday, yesterday you guys were talking about voter fraud, and uh, and here's the thing about that. That and it was my idea is that think about it. There's trillions, not millions or billions, trillions of dollars in this treasure chest of the federal government. Mm. Don't don't you think that it's naive to think that they wouldn't? Uh, I mean, voter fraud. I mean, that, that's nothing. What do you think? It's more. What do you think they would not do? Yeah. I mean, you have every every bureaucrat from uh, you know from the presidency down, all of the the special interests that rely on the federal government. They get all the, all these paychecks. I mean, what would they not do in order to retain their power? Right. I mean, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, when you have uh, the idea that Republicans through the election, um, you, know, the, the, you know, took the election for George Bush over the Democrats, to me, I was always skeptical of those claims, um, you know, that in 2000, uh, you know, Oil Gore should have won, or 2004, Ohio, and the voting machines <laughs> and all that stuff. I was always skeptical of those because it seemed like we had two competing forces that would, you know, both want to throw the election. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, they would try to, they would keep themselves somewhat honest maybe one would get a you know leg up over the other but who knows but i i can see that definitely the establishment candidate would have an a, a, an extreme advantage over the um you know the outsider candidate in the case of new hampshire oddly the two big establishment two pro-war candidates uh, took the state well you know when i what i said last night was that i had thought about how to scam the system. I mean, myself, just looking at it and thinking about it, uh, it didn't take me very long. I, I thought, you know, it would be these uh, these uh, Operation Live Free or Die people could very easily go around and they could register to vote, even though they don't really live here, and they could easily vote, and no one would ever really be able to to double verify that or and check that. And here's the thing: is that you're talking about just you, you're just talking about ideology. These people here, there's people. I mean, think about Halliburton, Bechtel. Think think about all of these. All yeah. these companies, all these people, they they literally their life relies on the government. So sure. I mean, the real question. I mean, uh, think about what what would they not do? And you know, well, sure. I know that it sounds like conspiracy stuff. To I say, don't think so. I think it's reasonable. I think you, that you're making a reasonable point because I thought about it, and if I thought about it, that means that the you know the slimy political scumbags were definitely thinking about it. And Hillary Clinton lost in Iowa, and she didn't want to lose in uh, New Hampshire. So they sent the van loads of people around, as the uh, lady from Manchester called in last night to point out, sent them around from precinct to precinct to register uh, register to vote. And uh, they, they possibly threw the election to Hillary as a result of that. I wouldn't put it past them at all. And thanks for the call tonight, man. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. Glad he was at least somewhat prepared for the burnout. It sounds, it sounds like he's staying on board. More on the way. Your call's next. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. It's 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, uh, so do enjoy those on us, including the Shrine of Female listeners with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. Take a look. See what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Dot com And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. I have to say that one of the positive things that has come out of Ron Paul not doing so well in the New Hampshire primary 
uh, one of the positive things is that some people have firmed up their resolve to join the Free State Project. And I think a few extra sign-ups have come in. At least, I, I mean, I'm judging based on some of the, the uh, bulletin board posts that I've been seeing. Uh, some people have been, you know, so frustrated with the state of politics in America. And, and so as a result of this, Ron Paul, not really failure, but not real su- no, overwhelming success, They've uh, they've really firmed up their commitments, which I think is great, and uh, more people are moving sooner as a result. Uh, so 800-259-9231, and of course the Ron Paul campaign continues on into the future. Got some interesting numbers here to share with you from the exit polling here in New Hampshire, which might also give you something to believe in for the future, because a lot of people are feeling disappointed. They're feeling depressed. They thought it was gonna uh, he was going to do better. Uh, many people are wanting to drop out of the system completely and not do anything at all. You know, go and play video games 24 hours a day or whatever ever not do anything to try to change uh, America in a more positive pro-liberty manner. I think that's that's tragic and a, and a mistake, and I think there are a lot of things to be excited about, and some of these numbers are very interesting. But let's go back to your phone calls first and talk to Roger in Iowa on the amp line. Roger, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, evening, gentlemen. How are we tonight? Great. What's on your mind, sir? Um, I've got a little story that I've held for a while. I've been wanting to call and talk to you guys about it. Okay. Um, I have a... Uh, I work in two towns in Iowa, it's Des Moines and Cedar Rapids. And the town I work in, Cedar Rapids, they have this little, uh, I'd say, a mom-and-pop type cafe store in the uh, second floor of the library in Cedar Rapids. Hmm. And uh, it's, they're really a nice little, nice people. They're actually one of the few people that actually took my Liberty Dollars in Iowa, which was, oh, wow. which was, which was wonderful. <laughs> so, yeah, very cool. Yeah, but uh, the other thing is they, uh, the, the grandmother would make... Uh, this uh, Jello cake once a week that I got quite addicted to, mm-hmm. and I, where I, I look forward to it every week. I love her already. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff, I tell you what. Um, but uh, long story short, I guess I was going to get to it. But uh, I went there on my uh, weekly little trek to get my Jello cake, and I walked in, and, and the ladies both looked at me, and they had this look on their face like. He's going to want Jello cake, and they and I said, "Where's the Jello cake?" And they said, "We're not going to be able to serve it anymore." What? I go, I go, oh, what? You can't serve Jello cake anymore. And she goes, "Well, here's the story." And I, I said, "Okay, this should be good." And she goes, "Well, uh, the lady runs the cash register. She got a uh, uh, cut on her finger, and it, uh, uh, one of the customers asked her about it, and she said, "Well, I got a cut, and it doesn't seem to want to heal up." Hmm. Well. What happened is that customer that asked her that then went and said something to the library where the cafe was actually renting space from. Okay. Okay. And the library itself then came and questioned them about it and had the lady go to the doctor and get it all checked and everything, which she got all checked out and okay with it and everything. So it was just kind of a minor staph infection that wouldn't uh, spread or anything. Well, the library director then decided that that wasn't good enough. So he called in the health inspector. And the health inspector came in and did a full, uh, uh, what do you call it, inspection of the whole place. And while he was there, he happened to see a Jello cake, knowing that they didn't have ovens there to bake it. And he asked where they got that. And they said, well, our mother makes it at her house. And he goes, well, she can't do that anymore. Oh, and they my go, gosh. And they go, why is that? Because, well, she don't have a permit to be baking cakes at her house to be able to bring it into the cafe. <laughs> oh, yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I was pretty upset about it at the time. I told everybody at work, and they said, "You got to be kidding me." I go, "Yep." Can you imagine? No, that? You I, have... it's so believable. I mean, it's not even—that's uh, not even shocking to me. It's disgusting, 
but it's not even shocking to me anymore. Oh, how sad. It happens. You know, we have stories like this from across the nation that are just, you know, just like that. But, you know, rarely does it happen to an individual they call in. I'm sorry. And I know that, you know, you you get to liken a particular product and especially something homemade. And then they stop. You know, the, the bureaucrats come in and make it so that you can't have it anymore it's just it's awful now so is the rule that she can't make things at home bring them to the restaurant and sell them that everything the restaurant sells has to be made on premises pretty much well it it doesn't have to be made on premises it has to be made in a uh, a, licensed facility a a licensed facility so like if you're buying pies and stuff from a pie manufacturer they've got their license they've paid their fee uh their bribe to the government so the couple of bucks that she makes on uh, doing this uh, jello cake it just doesn't make any sense for her to go out and outfit a um you know a whole kitchen so that there's probably an old lady who who just does it in her spare time when she feels like it anyway and this exactly. doesn't keep people safe. I mean, the health inspector is going to claim, well, it's for the good of the consumer. We're trying to keep you safe here. I mean, that that's just asinine. Yep. It's no, just... I think a lot. I think well, I think what a lot of it is is this place is the cheapest place in town you can buy a really good lunch. Mm-hmm. And I think that they don't like the competition they give to a lot of the other places downtown that probably charge two to three times as much for a lunch type of thing too. Sometimes but... I, I'm sure that's a I'm sure that's a factor. And then the other factor, of course, is well, the state hasn't gotten their money uh, from the old grandma. If they'd gotten their bribe, then everything would be fine. But uh, she didn't want the license, so therefore they're shutting her down. And it's disgusting. And it really just goes to show that no one is free to do business in America. At least very few people are. Very few professions are free to do business without asking mommy government for permission first. And uh, it's absolutely disgusting. Did you try to work out a workaround, like maybe getting grandma's phone number and just doing like a private purchase kind of thing? Or would that be too inconvenient? Oh, that's exactly what I'm doing. She <laughs> once a week when I go, we're making a deal. I'm buying a whole cake. She's gonna—you won't believe this—for a whole cake, she's gonna make me a whole cake for six dollars. And, and I like laugh that I go, "There's no way that I'm gonna pay her just six dollars. I'll be giving her at least ten Good. minimum." But what I'm going to do is I'm gonna give cake free away that day in the <laughs> in the cafe to people that are there and take it to work and everything. I'm just gonna just kind of just. Uh, rub it in the face a little bit to say, yeah, well, you can tell me that you can't sell it, but I can buy it and give it away just fine. There you go. Fight the power, Roger. Thanks for the call, yeah. man. Appreciate the story. As sad as it is, it's really exemplary in that this goes on all over the place. It's it's little things like this yep. that just they just nip away your freedom. Little teeny little rules designed to keep you safe. Well, no, it wasn't designed to keep you safe. It's like he said, it was designed to it's protect... protectionism. Yep, it was designed to protect the established restaurateurs in town that have been there for decades, and they don't want some old lady cooking up pies because they've paid their fees, they've paid, they've paid their slavery payments, and now she has to pay hers. That's not fair. Well, we should all be equally enslaved. And not just, and, and not just that, uh, that they paid their fees and now she should have to pay hers, but these, these are the same people that started the whole operation because they knew they could keep a woman like her out of the business. Business. There's she just doesn't the, the profits are not there for her to make um, you know money selling this cake once a week. So right. if they put a license in place and then make it a you know so that you have to have this commercial kitchen and all that other stuff in order to do these things, it's not viable. It's not viable. Eight hundred two five. They cut the they cut the amount of people by you know ninety percent yep. that might sell food and make money. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And can you imagine what would happen if we actually let people sell food out of their homes? Oh, it would be chaos. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. 
Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. It's your show. Bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, enjoy those on us. And they include, by the way, the bulletin board system. Over 300,000 posts await you. Lots to talk about. Serious issues, fun stuff. All there. bbs.freetalklive.com. It's free, by the way. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Dot com And your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does that bother you? It bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. That's SavvyRest.com. For the sleep you've been dreaming of, SavvyRest.com. You know, uh, Savvy Rest mattresses, I am really, in, I'm really, like, it just keeps getting better. What, you, savvy rest. You enjoy uh, sleeping yeah. on it? Yeah, I like it a lot. You know, it's, it is an extraordinarily comfortable mattress, but it's probably not the biggest selling point of it. Probably the biggest selling point is there's a lot of people out there that react just poorly to the uh, the chemicals that leach off of especially new mattresses. Mm-hmm. I, I met a guy who, uh, he was hospitalized. He was They thought he was going to die. And uh, he stopped. That's sli- the one thing he changed, right? Yeah, the, he stopped sleeping on his brand new mattress, went and slept on the couch, and he says he's never slept on that mattress again. The company, Sealy, uh, the company that sold him the mattress <laughs> would not take it back either. It rhymes with touchy feely. <laughs> I'm not sure that that's. Uh, it might have been sorta. You know, like yeah, it, yeah, it yeah, sounded whatever. like that in the beginning. Okay, let's um, go to your phone calls here. Uh, once again, that's savvyrest.com. Let's talk to JC in Utah. You're on Free Talk Live with the Inna Mark. Hey guys, how you doing? Great, Good. JC. What's on your mind, sir? Well, you know, I, you guys were talking about uh, what to do uh, from here on out, and also you mentioned a little bit about uh, Austrian economics, and I just wanted to shed a little bit of light on that. Sure, go ahead. Uh, there is a Ludwig von Mises Institute there in is. Auburn, Alabama, uh-huh. and it was founded by a guy named Lou Rockwell. Uh-huh. And it turns out that Lou Rockwell used to work for Ron Paul. Um, so that's the relationship right there. Yeah, they still know one another. Uh, Lou apparently still spends quite a bit of time with uh, with Ron. Oh, definitely. And one thing that I am doing is I'm looking for a graduate program to study. I'm just now graduating with a bachelor's degree, mm-hmm. and I really want to uh, – I'm, I'm lobbying the Mises Institute to create a distance learning format uh, Austrian economics degree. And uh, I just um, left a, a message on the polling, uh, on the polling pit on the BBS, um, asking, well, who's interested in, in studying uh, Austrian economics um, and getting a master's degree in that? I think one of the things we, we have to do is increase the number of academics we have in one of the major supporting philosophies of libertarianism, and that's Austrian economics. It couldn't hurt. Uh, certainly putting more Austrians into the world of academia can't be a bad thing. If that doesn't work out for you, um, the... Uh, shoot, now I've, the, the university's what? name slipped my mind. The one where IHS is based. Um, ooh, George, George Mason? Mason University. George Mason. Oh, yeah, they're pretty big. Um, they have some great Austrians, but uh, one thing I'm trying to 
get is, you know, an outreach out there because, you know, so many Austrian academics and scholars are scattered all over the world. And to really get them into one place, into one university is kind of impossible. And some of us can't go to George Mason just by, uh, you know, geographic constraints. But it would be awesome to have a like an online degree. So if anybody is interested in it, please uh, uh, respond to my, my post on, on the BBS. That's under the that's under where the polling section. That's under the the polling section, and the title is a master's degree in Austrian economics. Very good. So your other comments tonight, JC? Um, just a, a quick thing uh, to my brother Mark, uh, also in Utah. Um, you know about the garments. We consider them kind of sacred, but no, though not very secret. Uh, These are the magic underwear. Those just tuning in, uh, we were questioning a Mormon earlier uh, about the magic underwear. Uh, so go ahead. What about them? Well, you know, we don't necessarily consider them secret, but but, but we do. <laughs> they're not uh, a secret anymore. Secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not. So wait, they're not but secret, you, but they're sacred. Is that what you said? They're sacred, and, and therefore you may find a lot of us a little reluctant to talk about them. But you know. Mormons are regular people, and we like we like to be free, just like the rest of you guys. Well, hey, here now I've just thought of another question. I want to know about the magic underwear. Uh, is Would there you a... stop calling it magic underwear? <laughs> well, what else do you call it? Is there a ner- is there a term? The for sacred them? garments. We we call them simply um, the garments or garments. Sacred undergarments. Okay, well, I'm going to call them magic underwear because that's what Penn called them, and I think that's fun. Hey, you know, if it's sensational, it's talk radio. Right, right. right. Okay, so uh, so now is there a special washing process? Can you just throw it in the washing machine, or do you have to hand wash it, or what? Um, you, you can wash them however you want. They're, it's clothing. Just throw it in the, the washing machine. So now you don't have to buy special Mormon soap or anything like that? <laughs> well, actually, no, I'm kidding. No, now, what, we don't have to. It's all good. What made, made the garments, uh, you know, sacred? What, like, what process do they go through? I know that if you want to get something uh, made, made sac- by the Mormons, made if you want to get something uh, made sacred by, you know, the Catholic Church, you just have a priest sprinkle some holy water on it and say a little prayer. Right, and- I get you. Like the like the rabbi blessing the meat, making it kosher or something. Right. right? I had uh, I had a gal come through one of my homes that I bought and smudge it. Uh, you know, to, to get I don't know. It, I, I just she <laughs> she offered to do it and I let her do it. And I thought it was kind of fun. Are there but- different Are there different ones for men and women? Or are they all sort of unisex? Um, th- uh, well, I mean, obviously women have women's garments, men have men's garments, but, but the characteristics of them are pretty universal. They they just have some, uh, how should I say, um, see, I'm kind of reluctant too, but they <laughs> they have a couple of symbols on them symbols. that help us remember the promises that we made personally with God, and, and that's, huh. that's basically what they are. And they help us remember to exercise our self-government. Basically. Now, it, it, is there any way that these garments? I'm going to have to go find some pictures of them online. I, I mean, if they're available online. So, what, sure hold they're... on. Before you go on, what makes them sacred? Just uh, a couple of symbols on them. Okay. Just kind of embroidered into them. Gotcha. Um, that you can barely see unless you're you're, you're looking for them, hmm. and they, they help us personally to remember our our covenants, our promises that we made. So, like, and if you were to get into uh, maybe, uh, I, I don't know what the rules are with Mormons and sex. I presume you can't have sex prior to marriage. Is that true? Yeah, and most religions are officially like that as well. So if you were to be maybe getting together with a uh, young lady or something like that, and one thing's leading to the other, and you're almost about to you know, break your vows, you manage to uh, take her shirt off or something like that, and then you see the underwear there underneath, it's that last warning. It's like, hey, buddy, you've gone too far. Turn around. The magic underwear is here to prevent this from happening. It's just a reminder, right? You know what? Uh, I'm sure that situation has happened. But you've never gone that far, so you wouldn't know for sure. It's never happened in your life, right? 
Well, I, I am married, and um, yeah, oh, good. So how many kids do you have? Now. How many kids? We have three, and we've been married for five years. Now, do they uh, do they recommend that you just start popping them out when uh, when you get married, or is there a certain window of time that you can wait until you can have your first one? Oh, I, I think it, they don't teach us that. Um, though Mormons do tend to have a, a couple more kids, uh, more than everybody else. But uh, yeah. you know, w- you know, we try to be fertile. Are there I'm Mormons? At three though. Now, are there Mormons that don't like kids? Oh yeah, I know quite a few. You know, we're we're just normal people like everybody else. You wouldn't be able to pick us out on the street, you know? Nope. We're just normal people. So you don't have to have kids. That's not like part of church doctrine. If you get married, you can get married without having kids at any point in your marriage? Oh, sure. You know, a lot of our, our doctrine we, we teach in church is centered around the, the proverbial the family, but uh, it's not like anyone's there uh, pressuring us to have children. You know, hmm. a lot of people do want children anyway, whether sure, they're oh, yeah. Mormon or not. Sure. <laughs> What about adoption? Is that okay? Um, There is LDS adoption services. Um, The LDS Church does do a lot to um, try to put kids into good homes with families. Good. Very good. Uh, That clears all my questions up. JC, any other thoughts for us tonight? Uh, Nothing. Just um, please please do. If you're interested in Austrian economics and studying it on a distance format, um, let's let's do this. Oh, and another thing. Mm. You know what? Talk about that civil disobedience, Ian. There are people who are are actually learning how to use the iPod iTrip, that little FM transmitter, yeah. to, uh, to transmit FM radio um, frequencies, I mean, to transmit podcasts over FM radio. Yeah, so, it's not going to go further made... than your house. Yeah, but uh, they've increased the range. There's a way you can pull the antenna no, out. You no, know, it won't increase yes, it that much. Well, it's interesting, though. Very good. Maybe you should post that on the BBS as well. I'm sure our listeners would find that interesting. Thanks for the call, JC. Uh, You can only do so much with 100 milliwatts on FM. More on the way. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the show. You want to help support us? Well, then go and buy some great stuff at the Free Talk Live store. Head over there, and uh, you can get uh, beanie caps to keep you warm in the wintertime. You can just get regular hats as well in a variety of different styles and colors. Uh, So very cool stuff and more all at the store, store store.freetalklive.com. That is store.freetalklive.com. We continue with your phone calls to Dave in Athens listening on WAIS. Hey, Dave. Hey, guys. I'm going to have to check this out, but I believe that I heard a couple months ago that all checkpoints were unconstitutional. I'll have to look into it, though. Yeah, well, I don't think the uh, federal government has it within its purview to set up checkpoints. So, yeah, yeah I agree with you. Because I'm going to... I'll call next week if I find out anything. Okay. Keep well, you updated. It's difficult to know. You know, I mean, the, the government if the government itself is going to decide whether its own checkpoints are constitutional or not, oh, it'll likely always it'll say come yes. back and say that they are constitutional. You know, it's uh, well, the roads well, are essentially belong to the government, so I can see them putting ah. up checkpoints. But I don't think they should be able to search my car um, without my permission. So if they, you know, do what they're doing, I mean, it's disturbing, but they're sort of asking as opposed to telling. And and you know, people need to be educated in the uh, in the ways of you know saying, oh no, you can't. I'm not going to give you that information. Right. I'm not going to tell you anything. Perhaps it would be unconstitutional for them to 
demand to uh, you know d- demand that you show them your identification or demand that you uh, tell them what's what country you're from. But if they just ask, then maybe that's why it's not unconstitutional. Maybe maybe that's why they're just asking, so they don't cross that line at this point. Well, I'll call you guys and keep you updated. All right, Dave. Thanks for the I call tonight, thanks. sir. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's talk to Gene, the Christian anarchist. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi, guys. Hey, Gene. Um, first, I want to cheer everybody up about Ron Paul and then give him some uh, some encouragement, and then I want to tell you something about uh, security in China. But uh, okay. first, uh, Ron Ron Paul. Yeah. Uh, go to the uh, the volunteer dot com. You know, the like volunteer only volunteer. That's cute. Yeah, the volunteer dot com, and there's a. Uh, a story or a uh, letter that one of the uh, constituents of Ron Paul wrote, and it's very encouraging because he has done this kind of thing before where he kind of holds back at the beginning of the race and mm-hmm. holds all of his cards until the after the top guys have duked it out for a little while, and right. then he jumps in at the end and uh, and just clobbers everybody. So Interesting. So he, perhaps he's doing the same thing here. Yes, and he has saved a bunch of his money, I and mean, he's still got a large war chest to go with. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that uh, these guys at the top are slinging their mud back and forth, and pretty soon he's going to be the only one clean, and that's going to be uh, all to his favor. So. That's a great point. He's going to have cash in the bank when these guys are going to be scraping by. I mean, yes, they get the big corporate contributions, but how long will that last for? I mean, presumably it could go for a long time, but there are limitations to some of that, so who knows? Right. So anyway, I think... Uh, and he has won elections against uh, three times against a, a sitting congressman. So he, he's he's experienced in these things. He's, he's tipped he's over the apple it. cart, so to speak. Right. At, um, and in China, I just wanted to mention something about security in China because sure. you know we've we've got the uh, the Gestapo over here pushing us around every chance we get. And uh, right before I took that picture with the T-shirt at Tiananmen Square. Yeah, with the Free Talk Live T-shirt on. I loved that. Right. Right before I took that, I ha- we had to go through a bag check to get in there. Now, this is new. They didn't wow. used to have a bag check there. But we ha- they have a fence all around there, and you got to go through a bag check to get in there. Well, hmm. I went through with my wife, and she's Chinese, of course. And it turns out that they had to check my wife's bag because she's Chinese. But since I'm a foreigner, they didn't have to check my big old backpack. I, I was just oh, waved right on through. How bizarre. So, so they are... What they're doing is they're being friendly to foreigners because they're encouraging uh, uh, tourism there. In fact, huh. they have they have lessened the requirements for getting a tourist visa. It's actually much easier, plus it's good for a year and multiple entries. It used to be only 90 days and a single entry. And wow. So they're, they're definitely trying to get people to come there. And they're getting a lot. I mean, there's I a lot of I believe it. I mean, nobody wants to come to America anymore. Might as well go to China. And, and yeah, it's interesting, the uh, the parallels, or the reverse parallels, or whatever you want to call them, between China and America, how America is becoming more uh, fascistic and police state-like, and China's just, you know, slowly, step-by-step, step, been walking away from its communist well, past. Don't forget that our tourism's down and their tourism's up. That's what right. I'm saying. And there's also no, uh, probably no high-speed chases to speak of. Uh, the cops do not pull people over and give them tickets. Hmm. I was talking to the taxi driver there, and he was showing me the uh, the cameras they have up on the highways, and the right. cameras will take your snap your picture, and then they mail you the ticket. So there's there's virtually no 
being pulled over by the cops. I've never seen anybody pulled over by a police officer there. I've seen police officers asking people questions and stuff, but right. I've never seen anybody getting pulled over. And there's a lot of traffic in Beijing and, and even in Wuhan. So uh, there's plenty of opportunity to be pulled over. You know, China, and, uh, it's it's certainly no uh, utopia, and it, they have a huge set of problems to deal with. Uh, one of the one of which, of course, is uh, you know internet restrictions and other crushing crushing rules and regulations that they have there. But it does certainly seem like the general trend there is to be slowly moving away from uh, their totalitarian past. And Not to say I did, I, I did experience their internet filters over there. They really? definitely do filter things. I did. Uh, I do like a Yahoo search on Tiananmen Square massacre, <laughs> and all the hits would come up. But when you click on the links to go to those pages, you cannot go there. They really? they've got all those blocked out. Hmm. Um, Free Talk Live was not a problem, and uh, neither was neither was AJ's websites or any of the. Uh, um, of course, they have to speak or, English to really uh, use Free Talk Live. <laughs> Well, yeah, and that that is a, a restriction because although a lot of people do speak kind of broken English, few of them have a high enough level of English to where they would really catch what's going on and read it um, on the BBS yeah. or anything like that. That's even usually even more. Well, difficult. there there is that one girl that posts from time to time on the BBS. Yeah, we do have a, a lady from yep. China that's posting there. So yeah. very a- cool. April. So they do get over here and they do uh, check our websites, but anything that's re- they have keywords that somehow block it out. And I want to tell people that this is a preview of what we've got coming in the United States. Yeah, you better believe it. Because the government wants to restrict our Internet and they want to block our access to free speech. And exactly what I'm looking at in China, we're going to see it here if the, if. If anybody other than Ron Paul gets elected, we're probably going to see it within a year or two. I think you're right. Or the, the very beginnings, uh, like they're doing over in Australia. We reported on this a couple weeks ago. In Australia, they're mandating that all Internet service providers put their customers, when, they, when a new customer signs up, that they be put behind some sort of a special porn-blocking filter. And unless they request to be removed from it, uh, they will be behind that filter. So that's the first step. I did find a big loophole in their filtering system and that that is use usenet i don't know how much you guys know about usenet yeah it's an old uh the old news groups from way back in the day they're still going on on, yeah i've been on usenet for 20 years and so i'm pretty familiar with usenet and i was able to access 100 percent of usenet from china that would be i mean uh you know everything that you could imagine is available on usenet all the wares groups all the uh the porn it's Mm -hmm. all available and There's there always going to be a workaround, you know. I mean, they're never going to be able to catch it all, and they're always. Didn't you tell us, Gene, that there were certain uh, internet cafes where, if you know the uh, proprietor, you can sort of get by the filters? Yeah, sort of. What I've heard is, and I'm not real sure, but I've heard that uh, what they do is they link to sites in Taiwan, and once they get uh, access to sites in Taiwan, then those are, of course, a lot more free than the ones on the mainland. So they're they're like acting like proxies, then basically. Yeah. And very cool. You know, people and the Chinese people are very good at not obeying rules. They're very good at uh, having a great disdain for rules and regulations. So they, good. they seem to find ways to work around all these they're, things. They're going to just keep putting holes in the dike. You know, they're going to keep drilling holes in there, and the information's going to flow through. The Chinese people, like American people, are now being exposed to more information than they've ever been exposed to in the history of mankind, and that's only going to do good things for liberty in the long run. 
Well, that's true, because even with the Internet restrictions they have, you still have access to quite a bit over there. Exactly. Gene, great call. Thanks, as always, for making it. 1-800-259-9231. You know, Mark, you made a claim that I have been guilty of agreeing with you on this claim in the past. Okay. And I want to address it, because I now, I now will vehemently disagree with this particular claim of okay. yours. The claim is that government owns the roads. Okay. You um, made that claim, right? They've stolen the uh, they've stolen the money. They're they're building the roads. I mean, yeah. Uh, the, the, if they don't own the roads, when a, they when a thief steals your bike, facto when, own the road. Right. When a thief steals your bike, does he own the bike? Who'd they steal the roads from? They stole the money to build the roads from you and I. Yeah, and and you agree with me that it's impossible to try to get money back from the government. I understand that. That doesn't mean they own what they use the stolen money for. So the government does not own the roads. de facto owns the roads? They control the roads. More on the way. You can take control. This is your show. Hour 3 is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. As we launch into hour number three of the program, 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. FreeTalkLive.com is our website. We invite you to go there and poke around and enjoy it because we give it away to you. That's, again, FreeTalkLive.com. I think we've finally exhausted all our phone calls. I've been pretty busy on the phones. Been waiting to get to some interesting numbers uh, in regards to the Ron Paul campaign and possibly an open letter to the black community in regards to Ron Paul, which may be uh, appropriate now with all this racism controversy bubbling up, which I think to some extent could be a good thing because negative publicity is better than no publicity at all. So some of this negative publicity that's coming up about these old 20-year-old newsletters that Ron Paul had apparently his name put on uh, that weren't uh, that allegedly weren't written by Ron himself have started some stirred up some controversy stirred up some news coverage and that may give Ron Paul the chance to address these uh, issues on television and in newsprint and that sort of thing and and thereby get a little extra attention for his campaign certainly not uh, the kind of attention you want him to have but some's better than none right it's true. All Getting right. in the news is a good thing. Well, we uh, we talked yesterday uh, somewhat extensively about the political burnout factor, and we've spoken about it uh, several times over the last several weeks, and a number of uh, Ron Paul supporters got a little too excited. And, Mark, you might be guilty of being one of those people. Uh, you got a little bit too excited. You got way too... Uh, you predicted too much success, and so inevitably you were let down when Ron didn't even break into the double digits in the New Hampshire primary. Well, one may uh, argue that there might have been some shenanigans, but go on. Well, that, you know, you can argue that all you want, but the it point doesn't is... doesn't change anything. Right. Uh, the point is, there are some really positive things you can look at and that you can talk about that will, will help alleviate some of your pain. One of those things is that this campaign, even at 8%, has been a tremendously successful campaign so far. And it's only just begun. There are still 48 more states out there, and Ron Paul still has millions of dollars in the bank, uh, and he's continuing to raise more every single day. So the campaign's not even close to being over yet. Uh, That's a good thing. Secondly, it's the most successful libertarian campaign of all time. I would say more successful than all the libertarian campaigns combined that have come before. 
tremendously successful. It, it is successful. New people discovering liberty as a result. That's why I'm contributing to the Ron Paul campaign, because I want new people to find liberty and, by proxy, find this show. But that's another story. Uh, but here's some more interesting statistics that I think will give you a little bit of a, a glimmer of hope, if not for the Ron Paul campaign itself, but for the future of liberty in America. They did some exit polling here in New Hampshire, and the numbers are very intriguing. Let's go through some of them, shall we? This from MSNBC. Uh, ages. What they did here is they looked at the Republicans. I'm sure they did this for the Democrats, too, but we don't care. Uh, we only care about Ron Paul. They looked at the Republicans, and they asked several questions of the people coming out of the polls. And one of the things they did was they broke down the uh, the demographics. You know, what age was more likely to vote for Ron Paul? What age range? What demographics? Well, as it turns out, the younger the voter, the more likely they were to vote for Ron Paul. I think a lot of people could have expected that. They, You know, there were a lot of young people involved in the campaign and, and, and that kind of thing. 19% of voters between 18 and 24 voted for Ron Paul. Here in New Hampshire. Right, here in New Hampshire. So almost one out of uh, one out of every five. One out of five, yep. And that's, now remember, the number you need to compare all these numbers to is 8%, because that's what he got. The number of votes in, in uh, New Hampshire for Ron Paul was 8%. So more than double, more than double turned out in the younger set. Now, 25 to 29, uh, it's 15% of voters. And it continues to drop from there. 30 to 39, 9%, 40 to 49, 7%, 50 to 64, 6%. If you're over 65, only 3% voted for Ron Paul. Mm. So it's very clear that the future of liberty in America absolutely, and I've said this before on this show, absolutely lies with young people. And I said, you know, as I've said, you can't write off older folks. I mean, they're still important to talk to and, and help them understand liberty. But, you know, the facts are the facts, and the facts are... People over 65, they're going to die soon. Right. And the, um, the libertarian movement is, like we've said on the show many times, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it does rest with the young people, especially young males, unfortunately. Um, and it's, it's kind of like the hippie movement of the late 60s. You know, that, that's how socialism got, you know, mm -hmm. got, really got well entrenched in our um, government was, you know, that sort of thing. And I think that there could very well be a turnaround. Also, uh, another interesting set of numbers here: fifteen thousand to twenty-nine or to thirty thousand dollars. People making that amount of money were more likely than any other income set to vote for Ron Paul. So, people not making a lot of money were more likely to vote for. Can Ron you imagine Paul. people not making a lot of money want to do away with the income tax? Mm -hmm. Huh? I wonder. And they say the income tax only, um, you know, it, it only affects rich people. Uh, also, interestingly enough, uh, people who did not have a college degree, and some of this isn't really that statistically significant, but it's just sort of interesting, uh, people without a college degree were more likely to vote for Ron Paul, 9% compared to 6%. It's not that big of a disparity, but, you know, I, I can see it. Um, a lot of, you know, the, the people that would not want to be part of the establishment, I don't have a college degree, and... Um, I, I think the people that wouldn't necessarily want to be part of the establishment might, um, you know, might vote for Ron Paul, and uh, you know, they haven't been indoctrinated for nearly as long. Right. Uh, also, independents more than twice as likely to vote for Ron Paul than Republicans. Republicans only six percent voted for Ron Paul, while the independents thirteen percent mm. voted for Ron Paul. The problem in New Hampshire was that there weren't enough people that understood Ron Paul's message. You know, most of the average folk. And this is the problem all across America. Most average people who never participated in politics never heard Ron Paul's message. How could they? They don't watch MSNBC. They don't watch CNN. Mm. They might see The Tonight Show, but they don't watch most of the political junkie shows. 
They don't read the newspaper. So when they drive down the road and they see a Ron Paul sign, it's meaningless to them. And one one thing that I would consider a bad thing here in New Hampshire was essentially this was the biggest turnout ever, and um, for a primary. Yeah, for a primary, and and a lot of people consider it their sort of duty to go vote in the primary. They're told to go vote. Well, what the hell are they voting for? They don't know anything about the issues. I mean, I've we talked to people, uh, we, we talked to people on the air on that television show that yeah. didn't have any idea what they were talking about as far as issues. And you they voted. See, you want to see a perfect example of that? Uh, did you ever go and watch Dennis's show, uh, NH Capital Access, Mark? No. The episode I was telling you about. If you go into, I believe it's the Promoting Liberty Forum of the BBS, the Free Talk Live BBS, go to bbs.freetalklive.com mm-hmm. and look for the title, look for the thread that says, watch me, P-W-N, as in own, but right. spelled with a P, watch me own a Democrat. Watch that video and you will have an exact, you will totally understand the mindset of many of these voters. They are completely in the dark. This woman was a Hillary Clinton supporter who who had the courage to go on television to talk about her candidate, and she got ripped to shreds by Dennis, one of our well, listeners. I mean, Dennis is, uh, you know, certainly knows uh, Well, Dennis a lot is about a sharp Liberty. guy, but yeah. you have to understand, this woman couldn't even come close to handling the things he was saying. She herself did not know what Hillary's positions were. All she knew was what she'd heard, and she'd heard things about free health care and uninsured people and, you know, we need to help people and all that. They don't really even know what their candidate stand for the the ignorance is stunning please watch that it's well worth your uh, 20 minutes anyway continue here more interesting exit polling numbers now this is really interesting to me ron paul is a baptist ron paul is a religious man he believes in jesus and all that but interestingly enough protestants only voted for paul four percent of the time hmm other Christians, only 6% of the time. People who identified their religious affiliation as none, 18% voted for Paul. Once again, the uh, nearly 1.5, one, in, 1 in 5 number. Uh, also, religion, uh, combined Protestant, other Christian, none. Let's see, I think atheist was in here somewhere. We'll probably get to that here in a moment. How you know, the, the funny thing is, is I fit in all these demographics that voted for Ron Paul. It's no wonder that I thought that the numbers were going to come in higher. The, the, the issue is really that just not enough of these people knew about Ron Paul. It's, it's just penetration. It's penetration of this message that's the crit, most critical aspect. And that's why shows like Free Talk Live and Penn and Teller's BS and John Stossel are so important to bring this message to the average people so they can understand liberty, find a candidate that makes sense for them, and vote for him. How often do you attend religious services? More than once a week, only 5% voted for Paul. Never? voted for Paul. Mm. Uh, Let's see. Category, would you describe yourself as a born-again evangelical? Well, you can guess what the evangelicals, they voted for uh, Huckabee 28% of the time. Uh, And actually, they were pretty evenly split. Evangelicals between Huckabee, McCain, and Romney, about 28, 28, and 27, only 3% voting for Paul. Uh, More here, uh, interesting numbers here, statistics that uh, are encouraging for the future of freedom in America. Your calls as well. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. 
And Mark? 1-800-259-9231. Uh, you can join us on our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. We've got updates. Get signed up. Keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on Common Legal Matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. Giving you something uh, to chew on, something to think about uh, that in many cases is going to validate what you've always thought about libertarianism, who it appeals to, Who's more likely to vote for Ron Paul than not? Uh, the exit polling from the New Hampshire primary. Very instructive, very interesting, and uh, and confirming what it is that we believed. We were pretty darn certain that the message of liberty appealed more to young people than anyone else. And as it turns out, that's true by a wide margin. Uh, young people absolutely voted far more for Ron Paul than people uh, that were older, and it and it just the uh, the numbers kept going down. The older people got, the less likely they were to vote for Ron Paul. So it it seems clear that efforts should absolutely be focused on recruiting people to vote for Ron Paul in the younger set. Advertising should be focused uh, fr- from the campaign. They really need to turn their advertisements. To toward young people more so than they have. I've seen some of their What's their that, ads. MTV on the internet, but the the type of the ads uh, as well. Okay. I mean, the internet's good because the the Ron Paul supporters are out there creating their own ads, and that's cool. That's what needs to be done. But as far as the official campaign ads, they're just sort of run of the mill looking political ads that are just sort of appealing to politicos, and politicos tend to not be young; they tend to be old. So I think they need to have a you know they need to bring in a new advertising director or something like that to revamp the ads to be cool for young people. That's just a suggestion just based on some of these numbers here. Also we're finding out that people that are not religious are more likely to vote for Ron Paul. Very intriguing in that Ron Paul is a religious guy. So it's clear that many of these people that are voting for Ron Paul could care less what Ron's religion is. Yeah. In fact, here's a question that's very relevant. How much does it matter to you that a candidate shares your religious beliefs? Those who answered a great deal, only 4% voted for Ron Paul, whereas 12% who said not at all voted for Ron Paul. Mm-hmm. So three times as many. Uh, are you currently married? Married people uh, less likely to vote for Ron Paul. Interestingly enough, 7% of married people voted for Ron Paul, while 11% of unmarried people uh, so when did you finally decide uh, – this is kind of interesting. When did you finally decide for whom to vote in the presidential primary? Just today, the day of the primary, 5% decided on Paul. Uh, and then in the last month, 10%. And I think some that, of those 10%. numbers are blown up because uh, New Hampshireites have it, tend to be a little jaded. We're the first in the nation as far as the primary goes and all. Mm-hmm. Um, they tend to be a little jaded towards these things and have a tendency to tell uh, pollsters – that we haven't made up our minds yet. Um, I just made up my mind just before going in the poll. Uh, personally, I, I, you know, I'm thankful that those five percent of people that uh, did decide today voted for Ron Paul. But as far as I'm concerned, if you just decided the day of uh, of voting, you shouldn't have voted. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Uh, you can bring up anything here. Those those are most of the interesting questions, and they got into just more issues based questions and that sort of thing. But as far as the demographics, the statistics, uh, the income brackets, poor people, young people, 
more likely to vote for Ron Paul. Non-religious people, more likely to vote for Ron Paul. It's clear who needs to be targeted for the message of liberty. Not to say that everyone else should be excluded. They shouldn't. But if you've got money to spend, now you know where to spend it. 1-800-259-9231. All right. So uh, in other in other news uh, in the world of Ron Paul, someone uh, requested that I do this story. I mentioned it a few nights ago. It's uh, Robert Wicks, LouRockwell.com. He is a black libertarian. And uh, we love Robert. He is actually uh, a staff member here at Free Talk Live behind the scenes. He stayed at my house when he visited. And uh, here he is. It's an open letter to the black community on behalf of Ron Paul. Blacks in America have long been victims of the state and its allies. From slavery to the war on drugs, laws which prevent a person using his own body and property as he sees fit have had terrible effects on generations of black folk. Initially, the oppression of blacks was widespread and decentralized. This required a different set of strategies from the widespread centralized oppression of today. Many blacks, he's he's comparing uh, slavery of olden days to Mm -hmm. the slavery of today. Many blacks are concerned when the matter of rolling back the federal government is broached. It's undeniably true that the various state governments of the past supported terrible atrocities against black people. At such, uh, at such a time, political strategies had to be developed to deal with the most pressing threat. As the political winds have changed, so too must the strategies change, even for those who believe in the legitimacy of government. The war on drugs is the most pressing legal issue facing black people. Racial profiling, raids on homes which result in death and oppression, such as the cases of Katherine Johnston and Corey May, are uh, directly attributable to the war on drugs. States and localities have been moving in the direction of decriminalization for marijuana for decades. The federal government has been opposing such measures the entire time. A presidential candidate's position on the war on drugs is the first legitimate political litmus test I've seen within my lifetime. The issue is serious, affecting the lives of millions, and not just black people. Uh, It is something which calls into question the most fundamental of all human rights, the right to treat your own body as you see fit. And this is one of the reasons why libertarians find this issue so important. And it's, it's something that some people just don't understand about us. Like, why do you guys always talk about legalizing drugs? Well, because it affects everybody. Because the drug war has gotten into everyone's lives. Not to say it was good in the first place. It wasn't. If you don't think that the drug war affects you... You're wrong. You're you're absolutely wrong. Uh, You know, I don't do drugs, uh, but the, the fact is that there's somebody out there in this town right now that's so thoroughly addicted to their drug of choice, be it heroin crack, cocaine, whatever it is, that they're willing to hurt people, or and they're willing steal to stuff. steal things in order to get what they want. And even if those people weren't out there, the other side of that... Um, well, don't let me, let me finish, because uh, that's, not, that, that, that's a reason to keep drugs illegal. The reason that it's, it's bad is because drugs are illegal, the price is so much higher. They're, you know, they're, they're diminishing supply, therefore mm-hmm. driving, up, you know, driving up the price. The demand's still going to be there. You're not going to get rid of the demand no matter what. Right. So those people are, have to get a whole bunch of money. There's lots of alcoholics. There's lots of smokers that work every day and pay for their addictions. They are thoroughly addicted and work every day, whereas a drug user... It, it, they can't really work at McDonald's and have you know and supply their addiction. No, they can't. They have to steal. They have to prostitute themselves. They have to do uh, outside the law kind of things. So they may very well come to my house, 
cut my throat, and steal my wallet. You can very well be next. But even if those people weren't out there, Mark, it'd still be an issue in that you're paying for all of this violence. You're paying for all of this enforcement that's resulting in your rights being just whittled away and destroyed by the government. And you're paying for this. So not only the right, your rights to freedom and uh, freedom from unreasonable search and seizure and all that being just destroyed, but you're also paying through the nose for a drug war that has absolutely not at all reduced the usage of drugs. So it's just a you know statistical failure as well as a uh, financial failure. Anyway, we continue with Robert. He says, of all the major presidential candidates, one and one alone has called for an end to this scourge to the black community, Ron Paul. The other candidates are unconcerned, in favor of the drug war, or too cowardly to speak out. Ron Paul has shown the courage of his convictions through his unabashed opposition to the drug war. More with Robert Wicks. Your calls as well. 800-259-9231. Keith wants to talk about drug users. We'll talk to him. And the latest on Radiohead's unusual CD release. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Get on the wiki and get interactive there. With over 1,500 pages created by listeners just like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com. See what it's all about. Have fun. Wiki.freetalklive.com. How would you like to lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet? Check out this amazing doctor-recommended product. Go to ftldiscount.com, read some real testimonials, find out how to order. That's ftldiscount.com. All right, continuing an open letter to the black community on behalf of Ron Paul from Robert Wicks at lourockwell.com. Uh, he's also one of our IT guys behind the scenes, and he's pointing out that the war on drugs has to be one of the number one issues that is uh, facing black people in that uh, racial profiling, raids on homes, resulting in death, oppression, uh, all all directly attributable, uh, attributable to the war on drugs, the war on drugs resulting in people going to jail who otherwise have not harmed anyone else, thereby getting rap sheets, getting records, which harms their chances to uh, get a good, solid career into the future, just it's just tragic there's so many tragedies surrounding the war on drugs and uh, robert wicks is is pointing out that only ron paul has absolutely come out and opposed the war on drugs no dennis kucinich he's only for you know slight legalization of marijuana dennis kucinich wants and treatment to, programs right he wants uh, the drug dealers to still be going to jail and stuff Ron Paul's the only candidate out there supporting ending the war on drugs. I wanted to address real quick um, the the idea that uh, ex-cons have trouble getting jobs. I am an ex-con, and I can tell you that, yes, some employers do check records and, and you know that kind of thing. I wouldn't recommend that you go just disclosing to everyone that you're an ex-con like I do. I don't have a boss. Um but ex-cons, you know, they do defa- face discrimination. Think about it for a second. If you're an employer and you've got to choose between um, two employees that otherwise are pretty much equal in your eyes from what you can tell, and you find one has a marijuana conviction from five years ago and the other one doesn't. I it's, hired the marijuana guy. You would, but it affected your decision. You see? <laughs> yeah. E- one way or the other, you, it affected right. your decision. Just because he might help me get some good weed, that's all. But whatever. <laughs> 
But everybody out there realizes it's you know they, they, yeah. especially if you're a manager and it's not your own business and that kind of thing that then how then what you you're actually hiring for someone else and you know it it, it makes it difficult. Laws against drug use says Robert Wicks are no more justifiable than anti miscegenation miscegenation laws. They are laws which attack the root of the notion that all men are created equal by establishing that some have the right to rule over others and those others have no similar right. What other justification is there for preventing an adult from inhaling, ingesting, or injecting the chemical of his choice into his own body? A large portion of the black prison population is imprisoned because of drug offenses. Many of those who are imprisoned for other offenses, such as property crimes and violent crimes, are there as a result of the various violent consequences of the war on drugs, as you explained earlier, Mark. And don't forget, there's all kinds of quote-unquote violent crimes that weren't violent. Uh, carrying, If you carry a weapon while you have drugs on you, that's armed trafficking. It's considered a violent crime. Not violent. No one got hurt. Now, Ron Paul doesn't claim to be able to fix all this. As president, he can only constitutionally stop the federal war on drugs, not those in which the states engage. But removing federal support for drug prohibition could have tremendous impact nonetheless. First, it would obviously mean that some people would no longer be imprisoned. No more federal drug charges in federal prison time for drug offenses. Also, the timber would be set for states to follow suit. There have already been several states which have indicated interest in backing off the war on drugs, and our neighbors to the north and south have also indicated this willingness. It's easy to imagine California and Montana, for example, completely legalizing marijuana and perhaps extending that legalization to other drugs as well. Right now, federal drug raids are a major problem for legal marijuana vendors in California. In his appearance on Tavis Smiley's All-American Presidential Forum, Ron Paul impressed me immeasurably with his ability to actually address this extraordinarily important issue. While other candidates either refuse to show up or divert attention from their unwillingness to actually do things clearly within their power as president, Ron Paul spoke clearly to what he supported. How many other candidates have expressed any desire whatsoever to actually eliminate a law? How many have expressed concern over what the government is doing to oppress the very people it's charged to protect? How many actually criticize the government for evil, which the government itself perpetuates? The answer is one. The answer is Ron Paul. Let's go to the phones. We'll take your calls about whatever's on your mind. Let's talk to Keith in Tennessee. Keith, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. I mean, Ron Paul is great and all, but I think Obama has a better chance of winning, and he said that he's going to let states if they decriminalize, well, if they have medical marijuana, he's going to let them do that. He's not going to bother them like the current administration. So what do you think about Obama? He seems like it's a better chance. Well, I, I, I can see that, um, you know, the war on drugs is largely a war on marijuana. I'll, I'll concede that point. But what does Obama think about uh, legalizing drugs entirely? Yeah, what about meth? Well, I know he likes to use cocaine. He, he's proud of his cocaine use. Okay. So uh, I don't think anyone's he ever asked him that. He also is a smoker. So he's not going to ban smoking like Huckabee or some of the other people. Well, so I, I don't think like he's a... pretty good on the drugs. Well, so we got another four-year reprieve while just the local municipalities and states uh, crack down on smoking and uh, the federal government doesn't? Yeah, the fact is uh, people like us vote for what we believe in, and the only candidate that uh, that comes close, and he's 99% for me, uh, to what I believe in is Ron right. Paul. There'd be no way I would vote for a socialist in the hopes that he might not prosecute right. federal Freedom's drug crime. Freedom's my issue. Pot is not my issue. And Obama's just another socialist. Well, Ron Paul's a socialist. He supports public schools. He said he's proud to send all of his kids to public school. He's Did he say that? that fact. I, I, yes, I can't verify. I can't verify what you've said. I don't know. All but, of his kids went to public school, and he's very proud of that. That's, and that sounds that, that protege, shocks me. 
Yeah, I find that His shocking protege, too. The governor of South Carolina, who is Ron Paul's protege in Congress, who's also claims to be a libertarian, is proud to send his kids to public school. Perhaps. Oh, well, I don't know who that guy is. Um, and perhaps, uh, you know, perhaps he is proud to send his kids to a public school. I don't know why, but um, you know. And Ron, Ron Paul Paul's, also said he would not eliminate welfare. He said uh, w- that. Would you disagree that Ron Paul um, is the most pro-freedom candidate out there? Well, I'm not sure. I mean, there's there's that one Democrat that y'all mentioned the other day when you were talking about uh, the kooky Democrat Mike from Gravel? North Carolina. Mike Gravel. No, the one the one who the believes in conspiracy theories that Ian was going on about and said he had all these votes, and then it turns out he didn't. Well, um, yeah, they, you know, there's there's a guy who got seven votes uh, maybe in the state of New Hampshire. Um, his last name was Crow. Yeah, right. Ron Paul has said he's not going to get rid of welfare because a he can't as president. B he wants to also come off and, and appear to the voters as you know that he cares about the people that have become addicted to the government handouts. So his position, while not uh, entirely purely purely libertarian, is essentially that if you are hooked on government handouts, he wants to help you you know wean you off of them, while at the same time uh, allowing people like on Social Security, for instance, to opt out and pull out of these government. Government welfare programs and these government wealth redistribution programs. Not pure libertarianism, but darn way, way better than what any of the other candidates are saying. So, Okay, could you answer one more question for me? Yeah. Mm. I, have a, I have a concern. One of your sponsors, they talk about something and it doesn't make sense to me. A SACL CAI talks about a fully orbed approach, and I don't know if that's a sexual comment or what. Can you answer that for me? Uh, Thanks for the call, Keith. I don't think it's a uh, sexual comment. I think it's just talking about they... They, they cover all the bases. Yeah, they cover all the bases. That's yeah, they're uh, quality folks there at Cycle CAI and uh, a very liberty-friendly business. Uh, so definitely get them on board if you've got some collections What's sexual to do. about Orbed? I, I think he was drunk. All right. Uh, speaking of Ron Paul, it's, it's sort of related to the questions Keith was asking. Uh, Jesse emails in the show. She says, I enjoy the show, but why all the support for Ron Paul? Dennis Kucinich is the best man for the job. Ron Paul's against abortion and doesn't believe in evolution. He's an idiot. Have you read The War on Religion by Ron Paul? And then she links to an article by him. She says, I'm an atheist and a liberal, and I support Dennis Kucinich. Well, you're you're an atheist, a liberal, and a socialist. Um, And, you know, it it has a tendency to go together. The, um, you know, Ron Paul, what he believes as far as uh, religion goes, I don't believe... uh, the Bible, word for word, by any stretch of the imagination. But I don't care what other people's religions are. That's fine with me. Um, what does believing in evolution mean? Lots of Christians believe in some level of evolution. They just believe the spark of life was uh, given by God. Right. I could have sworn I, I read something where Ron Paul was actually talking favorably about evolution. And I don't, more importantly, I care about a president that understands freedom and economics. Right. And Dennis Kucinich does not. Ron Paul doesn't want to shove his beliefs down our throat. And I can come back and uh, talk a little bit more about these two issues and Dennis Kucinich and why he's not the best man for the job. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves, even in these remaining moments. 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Again, all the features on the site we give away. Now, if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com. Get signed up. And you can help spread the message of liberty as far and as wide as possible because the $3 a month you'll send into the show gets reinvested. 
into promoting Free Talk Live to more radio stations. In fact, uh, looking forward to getting an agreement for uh, weeknights from a station in uh, the Chicago area. Not quite Chicago, but uh, darn close. Anyway, uh, that's all on the way. It's our friends in uh, actually Michigan City. They've been on board for a little while. Uh, it's going to be officialized here within the next, oh, I don't know, 24 hours. So looking forward to really announcing that station here in a little bit. Uh, but the AMP dollars are making that possible. It's your three bucks a month that's helping us spread this show faster than we ever possibly could on our own. And you get perks. You get access to the AMP-only chat room. Uh, Brian Travis called in earlier from Colorado to to brag about the chat room and how much fun he had there last night. It is a good time. Uh, Also, the AMP-only forum and AMP-only call-in line. Get all the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Our emailer claims she's an atheist and a liberal. She says she thinks Dennis Kucinich is the best man for the job. Well... I would agree if the job is making America into a socialist state, because that's what Dennis Kucinich is all about. And he'll tell you. He's not going to try to candy coat that. No, one thing I do like about Dennis Kucinich is the guy is largely speaks the truth. You ask him questions about how he feels, you mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he absolutely wants more government control in all kinds of different areas, while Ron Paul wants to get the government out of my life. So it's clear that if the job is to lessen the involvement of government in our lives, Ron Paul is the man for the job. And it doesn't matter to me if Ron Paul's personally against abortion. His viewpoint is the federal government shouldn't be involved, that the Fed shouldn't be financing abortion, that the Fed shouldn't be preventing abortion. It's not the federal government's business, and that's a libertarian position on abortion. He says, let the states decide. Does that mean some states will outlaw it? Probably. But it means other states will definitely make it legal. So if you live in Utah, you just have to drive uh, you know, to the next state over to get your abortion done. Is that that big of a deal? I don't think so. Certainly, uh, it's a good idea because, because then it doesn't give the federal government the, the power to control your body, the power to control your life. And I don't think state government should be involved either, but that's a state issue, not a federal one. And he's only running for the highest office in the federal government. Right. And again, it doesn't matter if he believes in evolution or not. I've actually read things that suggest that he's fairly favorable towards it, uh, while yeah, at the same time... Believe- I mean, you know, what difference does it make what a person believes right. as far as, uh, you know, evolution or the religion or anything? It has in, nothing to do with in anything. In doing the presidency. Look, I'm not looking for a guy who feels like I feel on every single issue. Well, I'm looking for for a guy in the presidency that will protect my freedom. Now, it does make a difference, Mark, if the candidate is one who wants to uh, shove their viewpoint down your throat, like, like George Bush with his abstinence plan, where George Bush is uh, giving money to religious-based organizations to bring abstinence education to government schools. In that case, it's kind of bad what the uh, individual's beliefs are. But Ron Paul wants to abolish the Department of Education. Ron Paul doesn't want to tell you how you should teach your kids. He wants you to decide that. So again, it's, it's totally a non-issue what his personal beliefs are on that. And that's why, that's why the statistics we read earlier, Mark, from the exit polling, mm-hmm. showed that atheists, people with no religious affiliation, were three times, two to three times more likely to vote for Ron Paul than religious people. So, Jesse, I'm sorry, but your fellow atheists are more likely to vote for Ron Paul than the Christians you know. Well, How does that make you feel? The, the, uh, atheists are more likely than the Christians you know, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Uh, so, when, anyway, there, there you go. 800-259-9231. Oh, here's an interesting update for you. We talked uh, recently about the Radiohead release of their new album on the Internet. You remember this, Mark, where they, uh, they set up right. their... They they released the album on the internet. They First. didn't use yeah they didn't use a uh, record company or anything like that for the for the original release. 
and people could give whatever they wanted to as far as buying the album. Now, the record companies have been saying, oh, the Internet, it's killing our sales. Our CD sales are going down. And they are. The CD sales are going down. But one of those factors might be that people hate the record companies and they want to stick it to them because they're suing their own customers. The record companies think, think it's a good business plan to file uh, to threaten their customers with lawsuits, which is a whole other issue, but that's asinine. Uh, but So Radiohead released their new album on the Internet and they let people pay whatever they wanted for it. The average price was six bucks, and they sold a whole bunch of copies. Mark, I don't know what you're doing over there, but I can hear things. Are you watching some video? What are you doing? No, I'm, I, I, my my computer's muted. Okay, I thought I heard something. And I'm not watching any videos. All right, be good. I was a mapping uh, from uh, Michigan City, Indiana, to uh, Chicago, Illinois. Oh, okay. How it's, far is it's it? It's about a, uh, an hour and a half, hour and a twenty minute drive. That's not so bad. Okay, so uh, anyway, Radiohead asked people to voluntarily pay for their album. You could download it for free if you wanted to. And inevitably, some people did. And then uh, some other... Oh, it's the headphones. That's what's doing it. Anyway, uh, so Radiohead had tremendous success releasing this. They made millions off of this internet-only release. Millions. And now they've released the CD. How do you think the CD did? Um... Because remember, the internet's supposed to be bad for CD sales, right? I don't think it, I don't think it did that well compared to any other um, you know, CD out there. Whatever the price, according to the Associated Press, Radiohead's In Rainbows is a top seller. The band's seventh album was number one on the week's music charts with sales of 122,000 copies, according to Nielsen SoundScan figures. Is it 100,000? Is that platinum? I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, according to Nielsen SoundScan figures released Wednesday, the physical standard priced release sold fairly well, even though Radiohead three months ago made a digital copy of the disc available for download on its website with optional pricing. Radiohead has declined to announce how many copies it sold or how much money it made from the digital release, but many in the music industry wondered how it would affect the sales of the physical copy. The band released the disc on January 1st through TBD Records, a sublabel of ATO. For its first six albums, Radio was under contract with music giant EMI Group. Hail to the Thief, the band's 2003 disc, sold 300,000 copies in its Platinum's first week. Platinum's 100,000, gold is 50,000. Sold 300,000 copies in its first week back in 2003 and eventually sold approximately 1 million copies. Early January is considered a slow period in CD sales, but the disparity between Thief and Rainbow's sales was likely due to the earlier digital release. The list, copy of the, uh, the list price for the hard copy of In Rainbow's is $13.98. For the digital release, fans could pay whatever they wanted. Radiohead also announced Wednesday will embark on a North American tour, European tour, blah, blah, blah. So, the point here is... That, yes, this particular CD did sell less copies than their CD did back in 2003. But it's been five years, and the Internet has really come along since then. And they made a major cash on that Internet-only release. So a lot of people were probably okay with just, you know, downloading that copy, paying the few bucks that they paid for it, and, you know, that was it. But the fact is, they still hit number one in CD sales. Despite their internet release. Well, it's it's probably because of their internet release. Um, largely, you know, I mean, the more buzz you get around your your uh, music, then the more people are going to want it. it if just, nobody's talking about it, nobody's listening to it, then you're not going to sell it. It just seems to me, Mark, that the evidence continues to pile up that internet distribution of music and movies and other media are actually beneficial to the you know the longevity of the the sales. Of the, that particular band or or a producer or whatever it is that you're that you're purchasing, 
Because people understand. They get it. They understand that if they don't buy the product, if they don't lay down some cash, and nobody else does either, the guys are going to go away. They're going to say, you know, eh, screw this. We've made our, we, you know, we've sold enough albums. We're done. We're thrown in the towel. They know that. They don't want Radiohead to go away. They don't want Free Talk Live to go away. They I don't, don't know want if people these... buy solely for the purpose of I want to support this band. I think that they, you know, they want whatever the product is for whatever well, of reason. Of course, the product has to be good, Mark. But no, they, they're going to pay money for it as opposed to not pay at all because they do have they do feel some responsibility for c- helping this band continue. I don't know if they continue. feel responsibility or not. I don't know if any of the people that purchased this um, album that broke sales records here, um, you know, number one album. I don't know if they felt anything or not, but the evidence is that they're buying. Well, I can tell you that from some of the things that our amplifiers send, they absolutely feel responsible. They they feel like many of our amplifiers, we just got a, uh, somebody uh, emailed recently who was listening to our internet show we did last week where we were talking about AMP and you know how many people subscribe mm-hmm. versus not subscribe. It's like, what, a tenth of our internet listeners that, uh, that, that AMP are less than a, just less, to, uh, around a tenth. Anyway, he said that, you know, he'd been listening for a year and a half or whatever, and, and he felt obligated. He felt guilty. Now, we're not trying to make you feel guilty. I've made it clear. Look, it's no big deal to me whether you do or you don't. It makes a nice difference for us if you do, and we appreciate it if you do. It can help us if you do. And so he wanted to help us. He felt bad about not. So he paid to a year and a half uh, retroactively. I think he was inspired by John in New Hampshire, who did the uh, did the same thing. So <laughs> the fact is, some people do feel that way, and they do understand that it's their dollars that help these people continue to create entertaining products for them to consume. If they don't support them with their dollars, they're going to go away eventually. It's Benny in here with you. And Mark. Back tomorrow night online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.